Good morning, Journey Church. Can, can, we, can we raise a hallelujah? I didn't have to give you a reason why. That's pretty exciting. Well, let's, let's start off with reasons why. Last week, 27 people followed Jesus Christ in baptism. Folks, that never gets old to me. And especially, as Nancy Frazier said it, God met us on the banks of the lake. And that is true. And people were just being obedient to what God was calling them to do. Some of them didn't even get a chance to change their clothes. They were already down there. And God just got a hold of them. And they stepped out, as you saw in the baptism video. And, and God just worked in a great way. Because... Folks, when we're obedient, God blesses. As we talked about last week, you don't wait for the blessings and then be obedient. You obey and God blesses. And just from that day, not only the 27 people that follow Christ, but in addition to that 27, there were three others because of last Sunday that came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So not only people being obedient baptism, but being saved. I think that is hallelujah worthy. We mentioned a few weeks ago that we felt God was calling us to start a preschool. And so we were being obedient and stepping out in faith to, to do that. And already we are over, remember I told you it was gonna be about $81,000 for the uh, playgrounds and the fencing and the windows and the doors and all those kinds of things. And already we are over a third of the way there for the amount needed. I think that is hallelujah for me. We have the, the opportunity this weekend to be a blessing to our teachers, as you just saw Addie share by video, Tools for Teachers. And uh, after the service today, we're gonna ask if you can help us again like you did back when we had the floors redone. We're gonna take all the chairs and stack them over here on the side in stacks of six uh, so that we can have the auditorium to be able to put all the supplies and all the different opportunities that we have for teachers. And you know, one of the things that You've heard people say is that uh, God was taken out of the classroom. And, and I understand what they're referencing, and, and I get that. But here's what I believe, folks. When you have children of God, teachers and students, they're in those classrooms, God's never kicked out. And so we want to join with them to help them know they don't stand alone. God is on the move in Asheboro. He is stirring. He is working. And the other thing that I'm going to give you that uh, I think is hallelujah praise is this. You woke up this morning. That's a gift of God. You should raise a hallelujah for today. Because you see, sometimes, folks, we're geared to look at the negative, aren't we? If you watch the news, what do you often hear? Negative. If you listen to people talk, a lot of times it's negative. And so we're geared to be like, well, this could be better, this could be better, all those things. But folks, God is working. And he is working in and through us. And we have the opportunity to show Jesus Christ. And, and so just as we sang, that we would be reminded, that we would raise a hallelujah. That throughout the week, when the enemy wants us to get you know, downcast and discouraged to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I belong to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How can I be discouraged when I belong to him? 
And so I hope that you come today encouraged because God loves you. And maybe you're here and you say, I have no idea what this is about. Somebody just invited me. Folks, everything about this place is Jesus Christ. And if you've never been told that Jesus loves you, he does. And he wants you to be set free from sin that holds on to you. And so we're praying today that you would come to know Christ as Savior. And for the rest of us that are saved to say, Lord, how can we be obedient to you? How can we be closer to you? Well, we, we start a series and we're ending it today because the end of July on Heart to Serve. And, and you notice the, the caption there and you've seen pictures that we've done with uh, people making the, the heart symbol, right? And that heart symbol is just simply without words saying, God loves us and we love you. So you've seen people in different serve teams that have done that to show, you know what, the reason I'm serving on cafe or the reason I'm serving on parking or wherever is God loves me and I want that love to show through to you. And so throughout the month of July, we've had different surf projects. We've been at Habitat for Humanity. We've been at CUOC. We've been at Family Crisis Center. We've been at two elementary schools. We've been in a few individual homes. We've been in a lot of different places. We've been at Our Daily Bread. We've been in different places to serve so people can see our heart and that our heart belongs to Jesus Christ. And so that's what that has been about. And it's more than just a, a nice logo, a nice clip. Notice the two. We did the number two instead of the word T-O so that you'd understand serving is about you and God. It's not about what others see. It's not about what others recognize. It's about that relationship between you and God and him working through you to other people. Last week at the baptism service, there was a, a gentleman that wasn't part of the normal group, but God was working in his heart, and I'd come out and was talking to a few people, was drying off and put my shoes on and those kind of things, and, and so he started talking with me. And he just started, started sharing what God was doing in his life and how he'd been running from God and, and there on, on the banks of the lake that God had got a hold of him and, and he wanted to, to follow Christ. And so he did. And he said, when's the next baptismal service? And I looked over at the water and I said, how about now? And he said, well, you, you already got dried off. And I said, listen, as easy as it happened, it can change again. So we started walking out to the water. I said, now, unless... You want other people to see. Because everybody had gone up to the uh, dining hall to eat. There was just a handful of people there. And I loved his answer. He said, this is just between me and God. And I said, that's a good answer. Instead of wanting to be seen. Because you see, folks, our flesh does a lot of things to get attention. Would you agree? Our flesh does a lot of things because it wants to be seen, it wants to be fed, it wants to be recognized. And heart to serve is a way of us saying, I am resisting the flesh and I'm yielding to God. So the last segment of our series on heart to serve, remember we've looked at the principle of position, we've looked at the principle of mentoring, we've looked at the principle of obedience, and now we're gonna finish it off with this, free to serve. You are free to serve. Now, let me ask you a question. I need you to participate. How many of you pay federal and state income taxes? Raise your hand. 
Okay, keep them up. Don't put them back down. Keep them up. Okay, if you love paying taxes, keep your hand up. If not, put your hand down. Where'd all the hands go? Why do you pay taxes? Because the government says so. If you don't, they will come for you. They will make sure they get their money, right? But what if I said to you today, I have a great announcement that the federal and state levels have said you no longer have to pay income taxes. <laughs> Somebody says, now that's hallelujah worthy, right? But here's the question. What would you do with the extra money? You might say, wow, we're going to Hawaii, right? We've got extra money, we're gonna go. Or you might say, we're gonna uh, buy a bigger house or we're gonna do these things. Now, anything wrong with that? No. But would service come to, oper come to your mind that you'd have the ability to serve more people? It might after the elation and after the planning, but for most of us, we would start thinking, great, this, this is what I can do with it. When we're talking about serving God, we're talking about not just, hey, I've been set free, I'm saved, I can do whatever I want. Okay, God, I'll see you in heaven, but I'm gonna keep doing these things. No, he has paid the price for our sin so that we are free to serve. Instead of giving time and effort and energy to the law and making those sacrifices and keeping those rituals, now, Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill the law. So by fulfilling the law, now we are free to serve unto him. I gave a, a subtitle to this message, and it's this, saying yes with love, not guilt. Okay, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Not that I'm trying to do it to impress you, God, trying to get you to love me more, trying to get more favor from you. No, God, I'm doing it out of love because of what you have done for me. In order to have a heart to serve, we must understand that Jesus set us free so that we can serve. Jesus set us free so we can serve him, so we can understand what it's like to be on his team. What it's like to see it from his angle, from his perspective. John 3, 16, one of the most quoted verses in the scripture says this, for God so despised the world. Is that what it says? No. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, love then serves. And in order to have that heart to serve, we have to understand that Jesus came so that we could serve and not serve out of obligation, not serve out of restriction, but to serve out of understanding what he did for us, okay? Now, there's something else that we have to understand with this heart to serve. It's not that he just came to set us free so that we could serve, but he did this. If you understood how much God loved you, how much would you serve him? If you understood, really, that for God so loved the world, 
How much would you serve him? Let me ask it this way. Husbands and wives, if your husband loved you twice as much as he does now, what kind of effect would that have on you? Wives, if you loved your husband twice as much as you do now, would that affect his relationship with you? Do you see that, that difference? Now, I want you to see, we're gonna skip through a couple screens here, so I can't see who's in back. We're gonna skip that next screen. There we go. You are free from works salvation. Okay, church, understand that. Let this sink in because some of us fail to get this. We don't do stuff so God loves us more. Okay? Quit thinking that way. Because when we do that, it's like this. Jesus paid it all, but I'm going to help him out. Jesus paid it all, period, right? Jesus paid the price for your sin, period. You don't have to do anything to add to it. So I don't serve to add to my salvation. I serve because I am free from me and I am free to Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? He has set me free, so now I am free to serve him. Unless we don't quite understand that, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 gives us a look into that and a different perspective. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Remember we talked about last week, following in obedience, following the Spirit, that you don't, you don't get baptized to get the Spirit. You get the Spirit the moment that you are saved, the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as Savior, right? So the Spirit is within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So here he is, he is spending, you don't have to do anything for salvation. Jesus did it all. He paid the price completely. So what does that look like for me then? He says, so since you were bought with a price, you've been set free, here's what I want you to do. Glorify God in your body. So what happens is, when I have the opportunity to serve, it's to glorify God. It's not trying to, I hope I'm pleasing to him today. I hope I do enough. I hope he's happy with me today. I hope, I, no, I am doing the things that God has called me to do because I want to glorify the one who set me free. Do you see the difference? And so many times we get tied in with that work salvation that we're kind of doing it going, okay, God, I want to, I want to rank myself up here a little bit. I want to get uh, a little bit higher in the rankings. And God goes, that's not what you do. To put obligation upon service places shackles back on your hands and feet. If you sit there and go, well, I'm going to try to do these things so that God will just shine a little bit higher on me, or that puts it back on me. That puts it back on me trying to keep the law. And, and can we agree today, we can't keep the law, right? So since we can't keep the law, why do we keep going back and try to put different chunks away from it? He says, understand you have been set free, paid in full. 
So the heart to serve reveals a life that is yielded to the spirit, free from any human restraints. When I understand that I'm free in Christ, he paid it all, I am now free to serve. I am free to be his hands and feet. I am free for him to speak through me. Because remember what 1 Corinthians 6 told us, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If I am yielded to him, he is going to flow through me. In ways, as Jesus said in John chapters 14 through 16, to show me, Jesus said. And just as the Spirit leads us to baptism, so the Spirit leads us to service. We talked about this a little bit last week, that the same Spirit that descended like a dove upon Jesus in Matthew 3 at his baptism so in Matthew 4 would lead Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. The spirit that leads us to baptism also calls us to service. So church, can you imagine what it would be like if all of us got that? And when we leave from here, we don't leave here saying, well, I'm gonna try to be a better Christian. I'm gonna try to do the things that please God. See, that puts it back on you, and we can't do it. Instead of saying, I'm going to serve, I'm going to have a heart to serve, and just allow the Spirit of God to work through me so people see him. But how does that happen? Well, there's four things we need to see that help us in this process. The first one is this. Obligation is under the law. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5 today, so if you have your Bibles or your tablets or whatever, you can... Bring those up to Galatians 5. We'll have the verses for you. But Galatians 5, Paul is setting out for us this understanding of what it means to be free to serve. And the first thing he deals with is obligation. Galatians 5, 3 says, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. Because see, there were some Christians that were like, hey, you say... Yeah, man, you saved, yeah. How, how, what's your stance on circumcision? I'll mount it. Oh, well, I am. So that makes me a better Christian. Do you see what he's saying? We kind of look and we kind of, uh, we start having this criteria for what it means to be like this super spiritual Christian. So what if I did this? What if I took 10 of you, any 10 of you, and brought you up on stage? And I said, all right, we're going to put these folks in order of their Christianity. What would be some things that you would look for? Maybe somebody comes up in a suit. We go, oh, well, that takes character to wear a suit, so we're going to put him up towards the front. What if somebody comes up and says, folks, I just want you to know, is I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't hang with those that do. We say, hey, there you go. Put him up there towards the front. You see, we would start to sit there and go, well, I just want you to know I'm one of the top five givers here at Journey. Oh, well, let's put you up there towards the front. And it's no wonder that Christianity, we get weary because it's almost like it's a competition. It's like, who can do more? Who can look better? Who can... Uh, have greater accomplishments. And we, we sit there and we, and so we look and go, now there is a Christian. There are people that have more work to do. 
But let me ask you a question. If I brought 10 people up and said, who is the greatest Christian among these? Our reply would be this, we don't know. Because you know what's missing that we can't do? We can't see the what? Heart. Man looks on the outward appearances, God looks on the heart. And so what happens is we try to outwardly, that's why he's dealing with circumcision here, we try to outwardly, things that we can see, things that we can observe to be able to say, that's right, I am a Christian. And here's what Paul's trying to get us to understand. Being a Christian, listen to me, church, being a Christian has nothing to do with you, everything to do with Jesus. And if we try to add anything else into it, it takes away from the work of Jesus Christ. But here's what he is saying then, is if we truly understand what salvation is, then that should change our heart and our perspective so that we are free to serve. We are free to do what God has called us to do. We don't do it out of obligation. We don't do it because, well, I don't want to do that, but I will. Parents, how did that ever work for you when your kids did that? I want you to take out the trash. Oh, so unfair. You're too lazy to do it. That's why you have me do it, right? And they're just kind of, do you ever sit there and go, that's my boy? <laughs> now you sit there and you go, what, what did you just say? What was that you just uttered? You see, if we do it out of obligation, it's not right. It's the wrong heart. And so he's dealing with that. If you feel like you have to serve in order for God to love you, you are operating under the law because church, he already does. We're not operating on our earthly system. We're not operating on the more you do, the more you love. We're operating on God's system. I've already loved, therefore do. Do you see the difference? Jesus fulfilled the law. He took care of all the requirements. As again, he didn't abolish it, he fulfilled it. So he fulfilled the law, so then service results from understanding the forgiveness granted by Jesus. Church, if we understood how much we are forgiven, it would change how much we serve. And not just what we serve, but how we serve, the heart with which we serve because we understand the forgiveness. So first thing is this, service is not obligated. Second thing is this, service is an opportunity for the spirit. It's an opportunity. Galatians 5, 13, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Notice that. We're not talking to the world. We're not talking to everybody. We're only talking to believers. We're only talking to people that have experienced their forgiveness of sin. You were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Look at that first sentence and notice this. Serving and freedom are a calling, for you were called to freedom. Just as I was called to preach, you were called to serve. But let me ask you this and have you think about this. 
your serving that you may be doing is not what you are called to do. I've shared with you a little bit about when God called me to preach. He and I had a, a great argument about that. At that time, I thought I could convince God. You ever been there? It's a losing matter. But I, I prayed and I said, God, I didn't go to Christian school. I don't know a lot of these things. There are people out there, Lord, surely that have to be far more qualified than I. So, Lord, I tell you what I'll do. Let's bargain. You ever try to bargain with God? Okay, God, here's what we'll do. I'll be a Christian chemist, and therefore I'll make good money, and I'll help send missionaries, and I'll help support the church, and that makes sense to me. Good God? Now, is there anything wrong with being a Christian chemist? Absolutely not. But if that's not what God has called you to, then that's not serving him freely. That's serving him with restrictions. Because let me give you this little bit of advice. Our flesh uses service to advance self. The spirit uses service to show Jesus. <clears throat> Catch that. Because sometimes people say, well, how do I know? Okay, are you wanting to advance yourself at any point through this? Is that why you're doing it? Well, yeah, then that's not the right motive. Doesn't mean that God won't advance you, doesn't mean that God won't bless you, but that's not why you're doing it. You see, when I wanted to be a Christian chemist, that's what Randy wanted to do. That's the path Randy wanted to go. But the Spirit uses service to show Jesus. So let me ask you a question, church. When you're not in church, when you're in your homes, when you're in your car, when you're at work, when you're in school, wherever the places you go, do people see Jesus or do they see self? Do they see the love of Christ flowing through you or do they see you advancing yourself? Maybe they say this about you, don't trust them, they'll stab you in the back to get ahead of you. See, that's not a God thing. That's a flesh thing. And when we understand that service is an opportunity to follow the Spirit, it helps us to put it in perspective that we're not just doing it for selfish gain. Now, th those first two things, hopefully, are, are pretty clear, and you, and you get those now. But how do you do it? How does it all work together? Well, Paul gives us that equation. So the third thing is this, is the operation. How does this all operate and work together? How does this all take place? And that is this, faith working through love. Galatians 5, 6 says this, for in Christ Jesus, okay, what does the word in mean? You ever, you ever tried to describe a preposition? What does in mean? Uh, in. Okay, are you... In the auditorium, are you in Journey Church? Are you in Randolph County? Are you in North Carolina? You see, you can be in a lot of things, but not be in the right place. Some of you say, well, I'm a child of God, that's great. You're in Christ, but there's other places he wants to bring you to. You can't just use your salvation to excuse everything else. 
And church, a lot of us need to remember that because we, well, I'm saved. I'm doing what I want. But are you in Christ, that's salvation, and are you in the spirit, which means you're in obedience to what Christ has called you to do? See, see the difference? So here he says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Okay, I'm gonna come over on this side because a lot of times I pick that side. You see where it says circumcision and uncircumcision? Put whatever work matters to you. Catch this. For in Christ Jesus, neither church attendance nor not church attendance, neither tithing nor not tithing. You put whatever you want to in there. Counts for anything. The law counts for nothing. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled the law. We try to come and we try to say, well, here's what I do and here's what I don't do. He says, get out of that way of thinking. Here's how we need to think. But now there's a change of direction, right? Here's what we should be doing. But only, okay? What does only mean? One, right? Hopefully, you can look at your spouse and say, you're my only spouse. Hopefully, you don't have others in other states, right? Hopefully, you've got one, right? But only faith working through love. Church, I want this to so grab your heart. I hope you'll write this down, and I hope you'll meditate on this because we're gonna, we're gonna unpackage this for a little bit. Faith working through love. What is faith? Faith is believing that Jesus paid it all and you are free from sin. Church, I'm speaking to some of you today that the enemy wants you to remember how bad you were. If they really knew your past, they would question. That's what the enemy likes to say. But faith says, Jesus paid it what? All. Remember the word I gave you at Easter? Tetelestai. It's an accounting term. It means paid in full. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you call out to him recognizing his work on Calvary was for you and you get saved, listen to me, church. Jesus paid it all. It doesn't matter if you were a murderer. It doesn't matter if what you did. Jesus paid it all, and you are free from sin. One of the things that the enemy says this is, yeah, you had a moment where you were free, but I will always have a grip on you. <laughs> no, devil. I no longer belong to you. Church, if you're saved, listen to me and get this, the devil has no hold on you. Catch that, it's important. Because you'll have people say this, well, I was a drug, I was a drug addict, I was an alcoholic, I was a sex offender, I was a murderer, I was, right church, 
Before Jesus Christ, I was, but now I am a child of God. Do you see that? I am free in Christ. If you don't get that, if you don't believe that, if you struggle with that, the enemy's gonna hold you back and anything you do is just gonna try to be a little bit to show God a little bit of favor. And again, if that's the purpose why you do it, then you miss the point because Jesus paid it all. You see, when that faith really exists, I can tell you 100% certainty. If I just took my last breath, my next breath will, my, my next breath will be in heaven. That's faith. Faith is not, I hope so, I really want it to be so. Faith says, I believe what Jesus said, that he paid the price for my sin, and I will be with him. That's faith. That's why Jesus said this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's why the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Church, the reason that many Christians struggle today is their faith is not secure. They hope it's so. They want to think it's so. And Jesus said, it is so. So when you have that assurance and you have that faith, that opens up another level. So the next thing is love. What is love? Well, we could all probably give our own definition of what love is. But love is being in the presence of God. You say, Randy, where do you get that from? 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. When you are loving like God does, remember when we talked about agape love as a verses to eros and phileo? When you love as God loves, it's because you are in his presence, not because you just had a good guess. Now, this love that you look at where it says know God, to know means to know from experience. To know because you spend time with, you are in the presence of, okay? So, here in the front, we have Wes and Hannah Muir, okay? You guys been married how long? Seven years. seven years. Young pups, right? So they've been married seven years. Now, I know Hannah, and I know Wes. But I guarantee you, I do not know Hannah, nor do I know Wes, the same that they know each other. Why? They live together. They're married Morning, noon, and night, they know about each other. They spend money together. They vacation together. They eat together. They know everything. So if there was a questionnaire, and the questionnaire was maybe something like this, do they like coconut? I don't know. I just kind of look and go, I don't like coconut, so no. So Hannah, do you like coconut? Yes, I got one right. Wes, do you like coconut? 50-50. Now, here's why I do that. Church, if you want to know God, you've got to be in his presence. You've got to seek him. 
You can't just sit there and, and come to church and be like, well, that's my God for the week. No, God, I want to know you. I read your word, not because I have to, not out of obligation, but God, I read your word so I can know you. And when I know you, then love is seen for what I do. Because when love is the reason for what I do it, it's not for selfish ambition, it's because love is my God. Do you see the difference? Let me go back to John three sixteen. For God so what? Loved the world. Why do you do what you do? Is it because it might benefit you? Is it because it may give you some kind of higher ranking than somebody else? Or do you do it simply because you love God? So we have faith, believing that Jesus paid it all. We have love because we are in the presence of God. We are following him. We're being obedient to him. And when faith and love come together, now comes working. Working is the action that results when faith and love exist together. When I have faith, remember when Jesus said, if you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, Folks, if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's very, very small. He said, you can say this mountain, move, and it'll move. That's faith. Because I believe what God says. I believe what God says about my sin. I believe what God says about my eternity. I believe what God says, period. And then when, am I, as I'm in his presence and I get to know him and have that relationship with him, when that faith and that love comes together, then working flows out. We try to work so that we can Love, wrong order. Faith plus love equals working. James 2 tells it to us this way. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. James says this, and I will show you my faith by my works. Faith plus love equals works. If we try to put works before faith and love is simply a selfish effort, it's simply an obligation, not a result of faith and love. If you are not serving from the heart, then your heart is wrong. But if you are serving from the heart, if you are allowing faith and love to come together to produce those works, then here is what your heart is saying. Yes, Lord, I will obey. Yes, Lord, I will do it. Now, all of you have enemies. All of you have somebody in your life that if you had your choice would probably be removed. You kind of send them to China or Russia or somewhere to not have to deal with them, right? God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to love your enemies. Again, that's not one we like to focus on, right? Lord, how can I love my enemies? Because I have faith that what God tells me is right. I don't understand it, and folks, I don't agree with it in my flesh, right? But I have faith that what God tells me is right. I experience his love that even while I was yet apart from him, he loved me to come die for me. Therefore, my works now are ministering to my enemies. See how that works? If I try to be like, all right, I really wish you weren't here, but here, 
Here's a cup of cold water. Jesus says, if I do it, he'll reward me. Do you see the difference? Well, I gave the cup of water. Yeah, but we kind of missed why. So here's my question, church. Are you willing to serve God that way? Are you willing to allow faith and love to come together to produce works that he says, that's my child. Well done, good and faithful servant. Or do we still do it because it makes sense to us and it's what we wanna do? But there's something we have to guard against and that's the fourth point. And that's the opposition. Have you ever noticed sometimes that the strongest opposition comes from Christians? You ever notice that? You try to serve God, try to please him, you got Christians, other going, oh, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Why? Well, Paul deals with that in Galatians 5.15. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Because you see, there will be those that will not get the free to serve. And they will serve out of obligation. And when you serve out of obligation, you are always looking at what others are or are not doing. When you serve because you are free to serve, you're not worried about everybody else. Your eyes are on Jesus Christ. So when you're serving out of obligation, you're like Peter did when Jesus told Peter, Peter, you're gonna die for me. Peter didn't sit there and say, okay, Lord, after what you've done for me, no problem. Peter says, and what's John gonna do? Here's John, is he gonna die? What's gonna be? And Jesus said, what is that to you, Peter? So he's saying to us here in Galatians 5, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. When we attack brothers and sisters of Christ, we are doing the work of the enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8 gives us command, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to what? devour. Jesus gave the contrast. He says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So church, if you find yourself being critical of others, oh, they're doing it for the wrong reason, or they're just... am I doing it for the enemy? Am I helping his cause? No, Lord, I want to come back and I want to serve you. I can't judge their heart. I can't judge why they're doing what they're doing. I can't see their heart. But, Lord, the only heart I can see is my own. So, Lord, I want to serve you freely. I believe that Jesus paid it all. I want to spend time with you so I know you better, so that your will can be done through me, so that I am free to serve. Galatians 5 concludes with the fruit of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. Verses 19 through 21 give us the fruit of the flesh, right? Anger, malice, backbiting, and so forth. But then you get to verses 22 through 24, and that's the fruit of the spirit. And that's love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, all those things. And we, we know that, and we kind of, you know, we, we teach the kids to do the fruit of the Spirit, right? And each fruit is a different, you know, love and joy. And, and those are good things for them to understand. But church, here's what we need to understand. It says at the end 
of that fruit of the Spirit, against such there is no law. Why? Because he said you don't do it out of obligation. You do it out of love to me. Law requires it. Law says you have to do these things. Jesus said, if you're living right and following my spirit, if your faith and my love is showing together in you, then these works will come out because not of obligation, but because of opportunity. Church, we have a lot of opportunities here at Journey for people to serve because we believe that's what God's called us to do. We could hire people to do all these positions, but number one, can you imagine how weird that would be? Pay somebody to be kind to you? But when you have hearts that are changed and God is working through it, what a difference it makes. So whether it's the cafe team, the kids teams, the parking team, the facilities team, the worship team, the tech team, whatever those teams are, is saying, Lord, I want to love them because you have loved me. I am free to serve. Church, Jesus has called us to serve. He has called us to be his hands and feet. But there's a way he wants us to do it, not out of obligation, but out of opportunity. So church, can I ask you a question? Are you free to serve? Father, thank you for the truth of your word today. Thank you, Father, that Jesus has paid it all. Thank you that we don't have to serve to try to, to get more love, to try to get a better position. We serve because we do it unto you. And the reason that you said the greatest in your kingdom is the least here on earth because we don't do it to advance ourselves. We do it just simply because we love you. And it's an opportunity for us to follow the Spirit. So, Father, help us today to be free to serve. That we would leave here in faith and in your love so that our works would glorify our Father which is in heaven. For it's in Christ's name we ask it, amen. Church, the challenge is clear. Maybe you're here and you've been trying to earn salvation. You've been trying to earn heaven. And you've seen today that it's through Jesus Christ alone. Faith in him. So today he invites you to exercise that faith and claim him as your Lord and Savior. Confess your sin. The Bible says if you do that, you will be saved. Maybe you're here and you say, Randy, I know I'm saved, but... I'm not serving and I struggle with it and I, I find myself being critical and whatever those areas are. And today God's calling you to be free to serve. Understand it's not a, out of obligation, it's out of opportunity. That is faith and love working together to produce those works. And today you say, yes, Lord. Yes, here am I. Whatever you want, Lord, I will do. I am truly free to serve. And if, if you make a decision We'd ask that you, there's a connection card in front of you to fill that out. Take it to the next steps in the lobby as you leave. Not so that we can have any kind of numbers. We want you to do that so you have people praying for you. So you have people giving resources to help you grow, to help you take those next steps in your faith so that we can partner with you. So during the first song the worship team does, I invite you to examine your heart and say, Lord, am I truly free to serve? Am I truly, yes, Lord, whatever you call, I'll do. During the second song, the usher team will come.
please, if this is your first time here, we didn't get you here to try to get money from you. Let the buckets pass. But church, can you honestly say in your heart, yes, Lord, here am I. I am free to serve.